This program was first broadcast on Canterbury's access media station, Plains FM, and was made with the assistance of New Zealand On Air. Next on Plains FM, a community talk brought to you by Child Rich Communities. This online korero explores Maturanga Māori and Indigenous family values. The speakers are Elizabeth Emere Harte, who is the founder of Tūpuna Parenting and CEO of Pepe Pena Pena. She explores the respectful ways of Tūpuna Māori. The next speaker, Matala Taufua, is the program support and funding advisor for Pacifica Mamas, a Pacifica parenting group here in Christchurch. Finally, Hannah Tufiri, a community activator from Talking Matters, will discuss the revitalization of Te Reo Māori in the realm of parenting. Mihi to Tangata Fanua around Aotearoa and to Mana Fanua and all the rohe that you live in and where you're from right now. Um, so I welcome, um, thank you so much for joining us um, So Mātauranga Māori and Indigenous Parenting and Child-Rich Communities is the um, topic today. So some of you may already know about Child-Rich Communities, um, but for those of you who don't, I'll give you a little bit of a potted history. Um, so Child-Rich Communities came into being in 2014. Many of you will remember that that was the time of huge change in the well-being and child sector um, where we had uh, Vulnerable Children's Act, Ministry for Vulnerable Children, uh, Child Poverty Monitor, those sorts of things. Um, Some incredibly needed change at the time, however, a lot of deficit language. And what Inspiring Communities saw at the time when they were doing their work on the ground um, was that that wasn't the case. Um, There was not deficit of our mokapuna on the ground, grassroots in communities. In fact, there were some incredible initiatives and projects and ways of working that were happening um, across the Motu. Um, So what they did then was start to investigate that. And there was an incredible thirst for a network of people to come together to start exploring more ways of working that could be grassroots or could be supportive of grassroots initiatives that followed community-led development practices, but that had its focus um, on children and youth well-being. And so that was child-rich communities. And what is that? Well, it's a network of people, really. Um, If you look around now, you'll see many, many of us here who all have our intention, I'm guessing, in your work um, looking at the well-being of our mokapuna, um, both now and into the future. And what's been really clear over the last while in research um, again and again is, you know, children and young people, they don't live in isolation. They live with whānau, they live in community. And if time is spent strengthening their connection to their community, then their well-being flourishes. Um, So wherever we sit across um, different sectors in the Mutu, um, we all have an opportunity to contribute in this way. So this slide that Nat's just put up there um, just shows this really. This um, is a slide from Inspiring Communities. Um, And you'll see, first of all, you know, this is community-led development. So place, whenua is always, um, you know, crucial. 
Um, and of course, um, needing to acknowledge Sangata Whanua um, in that place too, um, and acknowledge Te Māori and um, the gifts and the tonga that that can bring to us. And you'll see the weavings uh, that come through each community, whether you're a resident, whether you're local or central government, whether you're social service providers, um, we all have a part to play. It's not mm. just grassroots um, community services that are doing the mahi here. They need to be well-resourced. They need to be well-funded. They need to have services that are supporting tamariki and um, mokapuna, rangatahi, whanau. Um, and there's various ways that we can all begin to have strategy and policy that supports this kind of growth from the ground too. So you see on the left of that slide, these are some of the uh, basis of um, community-led development, some of the foundation practices and principles um, that there are ways of operating. So building from strengths, working with diverse people, learning by doing, those are some of the aspects. And so no matter where you find yourself in that chart, in that weaving in communities, then it's possible to ask ourselves, you know, what are we doing in our organisations, in our services, in our policies and strategies and planning, um, which really adds value to tamariki and rangatahi and whānau in the place where they are in their community. And um, adding value, you know, really is about how is it that we are supporting the mana of all of those people to flow. Um, and there's wiggle room for all of us, uh, you know, whether it's resourcing, um, whether it's in social services. And instead of just delivering our usual service provision, we start thinking about what would it be like if we asked Rangatahi what it is that they wanted, how it is that they would feel um, more connected in their communities. And we begin to flavor our work in that way. So child-rich communities also have some core practices, some ways of working, um, which who were taken from 21 places across um, the Motu who were all working in child-rich ways. So they had their basis in community-led development, um, but they were creating child and whānau-rich places across the Motu. Um, so some similar ways of working. And all of these, you know, really had their end result in enable, enabling the flow of mana for um, tamariki and rangatahi. So engagement, you know, how to engage within community, again, looking at everybody is having value, um, empowerment and going beyond social service delivery. Um, so not um, doing to um, looking outside of the usual systems that we work in and uh, beginning to see, you know, yeah, how can we create a bit of wiggle room? How can we do something uh, that's not just uh, business as usual? especially because we see so many systems um, these days that are just not really serving our young people and our whānau. Um, so instead of just doing same old, same old, you know, where can we begin to look for some difference? And some of that may be just tagging a bit of your resource to start considering working in these ways or supporting the people who are working in these ways. So collaborating, um, relationship focused, being responsive, learning by doing, um, looking at the whole, this is not rocket science, <laughs> but it is ways that um, often we're not funded to work. Often um, we're working within a system which doesn't enable this kind of flavor. Um, so this is an opportunity for us to hear from our incredible speakers today. 
um, to hear how do they do this when we know that uh, pre-colonial times, um, our mokapuna, our tamariki, um, they flourished and our whānau, they flourished. And how come? Uh, what can we learn from that in this day when our other systems are, um, you know, so tightly ran and so difficult to be in often? So I just want to really welcome our speakers. It's just a joy to have them here. Just really stoked uh, to bring the matauranga that they have and uh, to share that with us. So, um, yeah, we have uh, three speakers today. So Liz Emery Hart from Tupuna Parenting and Matala Toifua um, from Pacifica Mamas and Hannah Tufari um, from Talking Matters. So, I'm going to hand over to them shortly. And how we'll roll today is to hear from our three speakers consecutively, one after the other. So we'll hear from our speakers about their mahi, um, how they create these child-rich places using the ways of their tūpuna. Um, it's just really an honour for us to be able to um, receive and hear that information. So I really want to thank you um, for sharing that and just honouring your tūpuna and, um, and their ways and allowing that to flow through so we can learn uh, today. So I'm going to hand over to our first speaker, uh, who is Liz Hart from Tupuna Parenting. Kia ora, Liz. Kia ora. Um, yeah, nui uh, Louise and Nat and Inspiring Communities. Uh, kia ora koutou, uh, nga mihi nui ki a koutou, kui hui hui mai nei, i tēnei wānanga i te ata, uh, nga mihi nui mō te wiki o te reo Māori. Uh, um, Ko wai au, uh, he uri tēnei nō Ngāpuhi, nō Ngāti Prau. Uh, ko Elizabeth Emere Hart, tō kuingoa, uh, tēnā koutou katoa. You can call me Liz, everyone does. Um, I'm co-founder of Tūpuna Parenting, which is a movement to share the gentle and respectful parenting ways of pre-colonial Māori with whānau across the motu. Um, I... Um, I inherited this kopapa from, from my mum, yeah, called Helen Mountain Heart Toku Mama, um, Kua Mate Ia. Uh, so she, she was born in 1942 and died in 2019. Uh, so this, but this Mataranga isn't just mum and mine, it's also a nanny, so her mum's, Emere Ka, uh, who was born in 1901 and died in 1996. And it's not even just hers either. It's nannies, mums, nannies, nannies, and so on and so on. Walk like you've got 3,000 ancestors behind you, they say. Um, and I do, and so do all of you. Our tūpuna were gentle, respectful, and loving parents and whānau uh, with a strong sense of community and togetherness in their whānau, in their hapu, in their iwi. Um, we know how our tūpuna raised and treated their pēpi and tamariki from, from lots of sources, mātauranga, uh, our knowledge, um, pūrāko, oral histories, waiata oriori, traditional lullabies, whakatauki, uh, proverbs and, and early explorer accounts who were so surprised by our different parenting ways that they wrote home about them in their books and letters. The evidence shows that tūpuna Māori were gentle, respectful, respectful and loving parents in whānau pre-colonisation 
and that once were warriors was not how Māori parented or treated their whānau. We also rely on whānau pūrāka, um, so whānau oral histories, to capture parenting lessons from our tūpuna. Taonga tukuiho, treasures handed down. This mātauranga is key for is a key way for whānau to really connect with the kaupapa um, through their own whānau stories um, and through their own generational memory. So there are two pō, two pillars of tūpuna parenting. Tuatahi, pēpia born tapu. Uh, tapu is often described, I'm going to talk a little bit about each of these um, and give some examples too. Tapu is often described as simply meaning sacred, but how you treat, and for a one-word translation, that's okay, but how you treat things and places and people that are tapu really varies. There's a spectrum. From a Māori worldview, uh, we believe that we're descended from the atua, from the gods, and that tapu can be a form of protection, setting people and things apart, untouchable, not to be disturbed. Don't swim in that river or don't climb that maunga, that mountain, it's tapu. But then tapu is also an inherited quality of all people, and it's a quality that demands respect. So at what point in Pepe's life do they stop being tapu? And it's a good reminder for everyone that they never do. And so that means that it doesn't, uh, that you are still tapu as well. Our tupuna understood the profound importance of tapu and acknowledged it in many ways. They buried the whenua and the pito, the placenta and the cord stump, connecting tamariki with the land from the very beginning. They sang waiato ori ori, traditional lullabies, weaving these melodies of love and protection around their little ones. They used gentle words and gentle actions, nurturing their wairua with kindness. The other po, tuirua, is mana. And you may not know it, but pepi are born with mana. And people find this surprising. Uh, and perhaps that's because not everyone understands the layers of mana. The dictionary says mana is a spiritual power, authority, prestige, and status. But mana is not just something that you earn with age and good service to your whānau and community. Mana is rooted in and sourced from tapu. They don't exist independently. Where something is more tapu, it has more mana. Um, the, so then the tapu nature and the mana of pepe is there right from birth, and our tupuna knew it. They knew that that potential source of power and greatness was right there and, and that they just needed to nurture it and help it grow. So how would we see tapu and mana acknowledged by our tupuna? Our tupuna involved pepe and tamariki in everyday activities and rituals, allowing them to explore their environment and learn from every moment. They nurtured their well-being. Uh, what I've got written here is our tupuna nurtured their well-being through whanaunatanga, through the bonds of family and community, through connection. They did it through aroha, unconditional love. They did it through manaki, support and engagement. And they did it through tōtoko, encouragement and empowerment. I think we've got a, a clear alignment in that regard. Where's your village whānau? Uh, you know, it's the old cliché, it takes a village to raise a child. But for our tūpuna, it was absolutely true. Everyone helped look after, after each other and look after pēpī and tamariki. They were 
the shared responsibility of the kāinga, who are often extended whānau, but not always. It's also important to note that in reo, um, whaia means both mother and auntie, and matua means both father and uncle. Oh, kia ora, Louise. Um, because those roles were interchangeable. So when a tamaiti called out, fire, that they didn't necessarily only need their mother. They need someone who would respond to them, care for them, nurture them, respond to their request. So fire or matua, that's that kind of vibe, right? Having multiple trusted uh, adults in that, raising that pipi and tamariki. Um, having a kainga really made parenting easier. What's one whakatoki? Uh, he tangi to te tamariki, he whakamā to te pākeke. The cry of the child is the shame of the adult. It was embarrassing for adults if pēpi or tamariki they were looking after cried for any reason. So in terms of being acknowledging the mana of pēpi, it wasn't a, shh, be quiet. Ātūpuna would help pēpi and tamariki cr stop crying because their cry was their voice. They would listen to their voice and respect their needs. They didn't let Pepe cry to sleep, but they also did have a whole whānau to support them when things got hard. Um, aye, so we know there are many ways that uh, Tupuna would res uh, respect tamariki. They would take tamariki as young as four or five years old to big hui, even with rangatira, with chiefs and attendants, and they would, the tamariki would sit and listen and ask questions. And they were answered respectfully and never dismissed. And the explorers at the time couldn't work out why. And it's because it wasn't why they were answering these kids as if they were the same age as the, the adults. And it's because it wasn't about age. It was about mana. And our tūpuna knew that those tamariki had it and treated them as such. That's tūpuna parenting in a nutshell. Tūpuna parenting in a nutshell, just the cliff notes. I mean, but even that summary is kind of huge and I don't even get to actually talking about my day job. Uh, this knowledge is still fairly unknown by whānau and, and the kaimahi who support them. It's This is a relatively new movement. Mum and I started this mahi in 2018, though she and her whānau cousins and stuff had tried uh, sharing this earlier. In the, but, yeah, we still need to break that once we're warriors stereotype about Māori whānau. We still need to decolonize our parenting and remember tupuna ways. And many whānau don't realize that their parenting needs decolonizing, and so that's a big first step. Aye. But, yeah, we've got a, got a big piece of mahi to do, but this kaupapa, uh, child-rich communities, can absolutely help. So, namihi nui ki a koutou. Uh, I'm really pleased to be here. Kia ora. All right, uh, thank you, Liz. Uh, let's move over um, to hear from um, Matala from uh, Pacifica Mama. Hello, Fadova. Uh, kia ora koutou, katoa. Uh, ko vini toku maunga, ko moana nui o kiwa toku moana, uh, no o tutahi ahau, uh, ko matala taufua toku ingoa. Tāno falava, mano lava, le soifua maua, manangia mama. My name is Matala Taufua and I am here on behalf of our Pacifica Mama group, um, really just to 
uh, go through some of the uh, awesome initiatives that we run through this group and also talk about how we um, developed as a group and um, how sort of that initiative came about among um, some new time mums and also some mums that, um, you know, we've been through it before but obviously didn't have that support uh, when we were first time mums ourselves. So, um, I'd like to just take this opportunity also to thank Louise and uh, Natalie from Inspiring Communities for allowing this space for us to um, just chat and also um, give more information to those who obviously don't know much about us to um, get to know what we what we do and how we involve ourselves within our communities and how we uplift our children within this group. Um, so Pacifica Mamas is um, obviously a, a new group that was created in November 2022. It was an idea that sprung from um, four mamas who had just had their first um, born babies as well as myself who was carrying at the time. So uh, at that time we felt that there was a huge gap um, in our communities around sort of finding um, support for our Pacific Mama and where could we go to? Like there was nowhere that we could um, sort of share our ideas with or share our uh, commonalities with um, because other groups uh, just weren't feeding that Pacific richness that we were trying to find as Pacific um, mums. So uh, we're also... Um, proudly umbrellaed by the Christchurch Methodist Mission and did the uh, Community Lead um, Initiatives Fund. So thank you so much to CMM for um, their support, uh, especially throughout this first year of uh, Pacifica Mamas. Our purpose is to provide a culturally safe environment and support for our mama and pepe of Pacifica heritage. So not only um, are we encouraging our Pacifica mums, but we also have our mums who have Pacifica partners um, that come through with their pepe as well, um, that feel like, you know, they don't have to try to be um, Pacific or they don't have to feel like uh, they're not Pacific enough to sit in these spaces. So to be able to have that support for them in this um, We Network um, group is awesome. And it actually develops and heightens their well-being as first-time mums you know and, and we really need that support um, and to show that they've got this space is, is really encouraging and and it lets us know that you know that they're, they're going off and they're, they're able to um, keep those strong rich Pacific ties between themselves and their pepe and also with you know their partners at home so that's um, really encouraging. Um, we have our uh, a beautiful boar in our Pacific culture, uh, which, you know, you have some with five and some with four petals, but we have identified four strong values that we um, want to sort of uh, create within our space, and that's respect, connection, family. So, yeah, so those core values are... Um, something that we hold close within our Pacific heritage. You know, we um, make sure that all our spaces that we dive deep into in the, within our community groups, that we hold these core values because it it opens up, um, it opens um, 
up that space so that everyone is heard and everyone is listened to. And without those core values, you know, we're not really doing ourselves any justice for our mums to feel valued in, you know, these spaces that are kind of like um, a barrier for ourselves as a mum is actually getting to these groups. So in order for us to make these spaces available, we have to have these values in place so that mums feel so comfortable that they can actually leave their homes with their newborns. So it's making me emotional because it's um you have to have some sort of light to really actually get out that door. And this group makes me want to get out that door. Hey, no, no, it's just beautiful <laughs> listening to you, Matana. Um, hey. Yeah, it's been um a pleasure seeing this group flourish and seeing all our mums and their bubs be happy in this space. So we're doing good work within our community, guys, and without birthday. So that's that's the blessing. Um, a few of the great activities that have come through this group. Um, we've also been blessed to know people of Basifika that sit in these spaces. And so we've had um, uh, activities such as money and financial education is very important, especially for our young mums that come through with young families. Um, infant CPR is Pacifica. We usually think that we don't need to know this information, but it is very important and um, just important for us to be able to um, also feed this infant CPR information to our uh, matua, you know, our, our elders who, who always love to take um, babies off our hands and look after them. So it's great learning for everyone. Uh, we've also had uh, loopy tunes uh, who do great sing-along sessions um, come in to us and, you know, have these really one-to-one sessions with us instead of being in um, massive group settings with heaps of people. We can actually have that moment with our mums and our bubs. Um, we do great Telenor sessions with our mums. We have um, a tendency of telling great stories you know and and being in a space where everyone is actually listening and focusing in is such a um impactful experience to sort of sit in and actually um take it all in you know so having those Telenor sessions are so important um and we've also started a physical movement activity which happens um on the off fortnight so the other week uh which we call our uh uh, mamas on the move um, and you know we've just been able to find a spot out on the eastern side um, you know using up the red zones and just getting out there and having some fresh air and actually um, filling our cup that way with our physical well-being as well as our mental um, so yeah we you know we've got so many ideas and that's the thing about these great initiatives is that once it kick starts we just have so much information coming in and feedback from our mamas and we just kind of want to be able to serve it all but obviously we've got to do it um in a way where we'll be we'll be able to sustain those programs in the future and actually see our group develop we run every wednesday at the christchurch methodist mission uh, building on out in new brighton on um sorry fee correct me if i'm wrong it's on union street um Awesome. Thank you, Elizabeth. Um, and so we run that every Wednesday from 10 a.m. And uh, we say about, you know, close off at 12, but we just have our our mums love to stay and chat and, 
You know, we love to see our kids on the ground, just um, enjoying their environment and being with their own, you know, like just seeing a familiar, like, oh, this baby is also crying as loud as I am, <laughs> you know, and not feeling like that's an issue. And our parents and our mums not feeling like, you know, that in a, a space where their child can't actually just scream, you know. And I love the fact that we're able to support our our new mums and our mums that feel like they they don't have that support anywhere else, and that's where we sit in that space. So, um, yes, boa boa means um, a flower. So it's like a, a there's frangipani and then there's boa and there's hibiscus. Um, to have this space is so important and so valid for our Pacific mums and our babies. Um Yes, and I'm just very blessed for this opportunity to share my tears and my love for this group. Ah, wow, just, um, yeah, such rich support at all. Um, thank you so much for sharing. And, uh, yeah, you know, just obviously your passion and um, the difference that it's made, you know, for uh, your hapori, for your community, for the pepe, for, for uh, you know, everybody who comes. It's just really obvious. And uh, same uh, hearing uh, from you too, Liz, you know, just the um, ways this is strengthening um, to the whanau who um, you're connecting with. It's, uh, yeah, it's a wonderful thing. Um, okay, let's move on and uh, hear from Hannah um, from Talking Matters. Kia ora, Hannah. Uh, um, so just a big thank you to Childrich Communities for organising today and to Matala and Liz who, um, you know, sharing kaupapa that are really close to our hearts around our whanau um, and our cultures and our and our languages. Um, uh, so I hail from the far north and the Hokianga um, and Kaikohe. Um, I grew up in Tamaki uh, and in Tauranga. Um, I'm, a, I'm a second language learner of Te Reo Māori. Um, I did most of my schooling in English medium education and I had a small stint in Kohangareo when I was a child and I came back to Te Reo Māori uh, as an adult. So I have a background in speech and language therapy. I studied as a speech and language therapist. Uh, and after my studies, I did a year of full immersion te reo Māori. Um, so that was about five years ago, and I've been learning te reo uh, since then. Um, at the fluent level, but still learning, I still get nervous around um, matatau as speakers, um, but still on the journey, still learning, still trying every day. Um, and after those studies, I went to work for uh, Talking Matters, which is a kaupapa around the first thousand days for our babies. It's around language, around um, well-being for our tamariki. Um, and within Talking Matters, I thought I've got my 
really Western speech therapy knowledge here. And I've got my mātauranga Māori here and my uh, experience of being a second language learner. So I was really trying to figure out how to bring those um, two knowledge pieces together um, to create kaupapa that would support our whānau. And the kaupapa that we come up with is called He Waka Kōrero. Uh, it's a kaupapa around, it's really around supporting whānau who are wanting to use more te reo Māori with their babies. Um, so we explore um, how do we do that if we're still learning te reo? How do we build a language plan for our whānau? Um, what are some of the strategies and tips? And a lot of it's really around confidence. So feeling confident enough as a Māori to even step into a reo Māori space. Um, often we think it's a lot of the technical language learning bits that we need to support whānau with the reo. Um, that's definitely an important part, but a huge part is just confidence. Um, confidence and feeling like the, uh, you're Māori enough or enough to um, start learning te reo. So a big reason, um, a big part of what I do, why I do what I do, um, partly for my, well, 90% of Māori are interested in te reo. So there was a census, um, I think it was in one of the census, or there's as a study done that showed 90% of Māori are interested in te reo, or it's important to them. Um, at the moment, we have around 23% of Māori say that they can speak te reo. That's gone up in the last few years. Um, but when we think about that, if 90% of Māori are interested in te reo and it's important to them and only 23 of us can speak it, We've got a long way to go. Um, so really wanting to create kaupapa for whānau uh, where they can connect to their reo in, in safe and exciting and interesting ways. Um, when we look at the history of te reo, there were many laws and acts that disrupted the transmission of te reo through the generations. And pretty much every whānau has their own stories and kōrero around that. Um, and Many whānau want to learn um, ah, through this this disruption of te reo through the generations. Um, often our whānau, when we don't know about um, how that how te reo was disrupted through the generations, then often we can blame ourselves for not having the reo. Uh, so we think, I'm Māori, I should know the reo. Um, but I don't. But when we have a better understanding of the history of te reo and why that happens, um, it helps us navigate that space a bit more. Uh, and I really think that te reo Māori is a source of well-being for our whānau. I know it has been for me and I've seen it with lots of other whānau and there's lots, there's more and more research coming around to support um, how te reo Māori is a source of well-being for our whānau. Te reo Māori also supports healthy brain development, um, a positive identity of self when we wrap language, culture, identity, uh, love and connection around our babies in those early years. Uh, it supports socio-emotional well-being. Um, it supports the way that we learn as positive learners. It helps our tamariki with engaging with kura, with school, um, and it helps us create positive identities and sense of self. And so some of the ways that we're running this kaupapa, so in whānau, sign up and jump into He Waka Kōrero. Um, we have lots of whānau all joined together and we use, waka, we use a waka navigation framework to guide whānau uh, 
through exploring their te reo Māori journey. So we start off with uh, what are your reo Māori aspirations? What's the destination? So what would you be proud of? Um, what would fill you with pride in seeing your tamariki, seeing your mukapuna with the reo? So what is it, where is it that you really want to get to? Uh, we also have a kōrero about who's on the waka reo Māori with them. Um, so Liz talked earlier about, um, you know, it takes a village. So when we're thinking about who's on the waka, who is your village? Who are the people there supporting with your reo? Um, what are their skills and knowledge and resources? Maybe mum doesn't know te reo, but she's happy to read a te reo Māori puka puka. Maybe auntie's an amazing kaiwaiata or a composer. Um, are we making sure our babies are connected to our aunties who are the beautiful singers or, you know, are we making the most of the skills and knowledge in our, in our waka? Um, and then we explore, we know who's on our waka, we know what the destination is, but how do we get there? So exploring what do whānau already know? Um, whānau often know a lot, but think that they don't. So asking them what supports them already or exploring what they already know in a group setting allows whānau to go, oh, yeah, no, I do know that. I just didn't really think about that or think it was important because um, it's so normalised in their whānau. So being able to get whānau to understand what they already know and how it's already helping them get there, uh, it builds their confidence, it affirms their knowledge, affirms what they know. Um, and when we're trying to build confidence around the deal, it's a really important um, thing to do. It's a way that helps them keep moving in the right direction. So this becomes a bit of a deal plan for those whānau. We also talk about confidence. We talk about the benefits of bilingualism. Uh, lots of people still think that bilingualism or learning more than one language can be really confusing for our tamariki. Uh, however, our tamariki are the most wired to learn language in the first couple of years of life, more than at any other time in life. So the best time to start introducing a new language is in the kōpū. So while our mama hapu, um, before babies are even born, they're already starting to listen and learn languages. Um, and if they're having a difficulty with languages, um, it won't be because they're trying to learn multiple languages. It might be because there's something else going on. And then you might want to call it with a speech therapist um, or seek some other support. We also talk about mana and tapu. So Liz talked about that earlier. Um so we can we talk about how we can acknowledge the mana and tapu of our babies through communication by acknowledging when our babies communicate with us. So Liz also gave that example of um, some of our young tamariki being in those big hui. Um, and recognizing the mana of those tamariki um, through listening to them and hearing what they had to say. And for really early young babies before they're even verbal, there's all kinds of way that ways that we can uh, notice their communication. Like if they're looking out the window, like, oh, they're interested in a, in a manu out the window or a manu flying outside so we could add language or kupu to that. The birds flying through the sky. So gifting and adding language and concepts to our babies. Um, we talk about the importance of purako and storytelling. Um, Matala spoke about that with with her whanau, so same for us, we talk about the importance of pirako and storytelling. Um, and ori ori, so one of the things we talk about are 
ori ori, so waiata that were composed for our babies um, that contained rich papa histories um, of our babies, the aspirations that our whānau, hapu and iwi would have for our babies. Um, and what I find really interesting about our traditional ori is that they contain some of the most rich and complex language that we have in te reo Māori. And then those were sung to our youngest members in the whānau during the kōpū, um, while babies were in the kōpū, and um, during haputanga, during pregnancy. So this tells me that our tūpuna knew and understood that our babies were um, learning language right from the beginning, uh, right uh, they were learning language uh, right from the beginning um, during pregnancy. So it tells me that our tupuna understood, um, had a pretty strong understanding around child development, the way that language, around language development, and knew the kinds of practices that would support growing language, culture, and identity. And they were starting to do that even in the kōpū. Um, and sharing this back with our um Whānau is a way that we can affirm their knowledge, uh, affirm practices around waiata. And we can see that the Western science is now affirming what our tūpuna have always practiced. So the science coming out at the moment says that our babies are starting to learn language at around 25 weeks um, during haputanga. Mm-hmm. Um, and so when we can connect the Western science to um, Indigenous practices, it helps our whānau to understand that um, our practices are really beneficial for um, child development and language development. So I think being able to connect our whānau to reo Māori in safe and comfortable and exciting ways and being able to show whānau how um, our traditional and Indigenous practices are beneficial for child development, for language development, for um, good for well-being, um, helps whānau see the value of their own practices. And when I think about what we can do as well, so I've seen lots of different groups of people who have joined on today, so people from like from ECEs, from uh, Women's Refuge, from all kinds of different places. Um so for those people who are out there working with whānau, I think being able to let whānau know that practices from their culture can help with child development, learning and well-being is, is a pretty amazing thing to be able to do. Um, we can let whānau know the benefits um, of their cultural practices on child development. So making those links for like, this is the science that we know and your practice of doing karakia or waiata or kapahaka or dance or prayer um, this is how this is how um, the science is affirming some of the practices that you already have. Um, for people working with Fano who are under a lot of stress, um, I would love to call it all more around karakia, but uh, so karakia is a way to uh, we know that toxic stress is bad for child development. Um, but being able to do things like karakia, sing waiata, can bring out lower our stress, um, and it can also bring us into a more a more of a learning space, um, which can help us learn te reo Māori more. Um, but so f- people supporting whānau who are under a lot of stress, being able to affirm whānau practices like karakia, like waiata, uh, and letting them know the benefits 
of those for the whole whānau, but also on child development can let whānau know, oh, we already have this practice and it's a really healthy, beautiful practice that we can have for our whānau. Um, and being able to support whānau with that, understanding their aspirations and being able to support them um, with those um, can be really huge. A lot of whānau don't get asked what they would be proud to move towards. So just being even being able to ask whānau uh, things around that. When I think more around our policy level, uh, many of our whānau are learning te reo Māori in their own time and at their own expense on top of parenting, on top of working, and on top of many other kaupapa. Uh, so when we give whānau financial support or time to learn te reo, um, it's good for our babies, it's good for the well-being of our tamariki. Um, kia ora. I'll close it off there. Um, kia ora, Hana. Um, yeah, just such rich kōrero. I just have a question for all three of you. Um, you know, it's no, it's it's very clear from uh, what it is that you have spoken about um, that you and your uh, the way that you're doing your mahi um, is benefiting Fano and Pepe and Tamariki. Um, and what what do you need and uh, what does your organization need what does your group need to be able to continue to do the mahi that you do you know you're supporting um, so many um, in these amazing ways you know what supports uh, do you need when we go back to that community-led development weaving and you're in there and there's all this other weaving around you uh, you know how else can those threads be woven around um, your mahi to um, support you more I'll come back to you first just for a quick answer to that quick answer Oh, yeah, sorry. <laughs> no, that's all right. Um, this answer might connect with Hannah a little as well. Funding models seem to have moved away from nationwide funding, which when I do all my, I do a lot of my mahi on Zoom and online. And so immediately that means that the mahi I specifically do, while I'm enabling communities and local communities, it can be hard to acknowledge this new technical era that we're in that we don't just deliver face-to-face -face. We, we do do that as well and actually that funding's easier to come by but um I it's it's, it's been a hard few years trying to get funding for more of this because this is still a way to share ideas this is still a way to connect we have beautiful wānanga in this online space with whānau who share very hi you share very strongly. And I guess it's being more accepting that this is a way that we will continue to communicate for the rest of our lives. This isn't going away. Um, I So, yeah, don't get me wrong. I'm also all for on-the-ground community development, but if you're talking about what makes things hard, that's where my mind jumps. Um, but uh, I... I think co coordinating and collaborating within communities is always a, a challenge, but that's just a networking challenge. And I think events like this helps build connections. Hey, if anyone in your row here wants to have a wānanga from me or from Hana or from Matala, reach out. Um, and Child Rich Communities has brought us together. So let's let's take advantage of this and go forward and do things together. But I, that's not a great answer. Hana, have you got a better one? Or Matala? 
Ooh, I think I mentioned it before, but like, you know, how Māori whānau are often learning te reo in their own time, at their own expense, um, on top of everything else that they do. Um, I know Toi Tangata are doing a kaupapa around supporting their um, Māori who work in healthcare to learn te reo, but to be supported to learn it, not just to do it in their own time. Um, so everybody wants te reo at the moment. We want Māori to be thriving, um, but are we supporting the people who are doing that to be able to do that, or are we expecting people to do it in their own time? So, mm. yeah, how do we support people to do that? Um, I think, at a, you know, te reo Māori is becoming um, more of a taonga in Aotearoa, and I think that helps a lot with so um, a lot of Māori whānau at the moment are going, like, oh, I want te reo too, and it's feeling safer and safer for people to do that. Still, It still feels hard, I think, for a lot of people, but it's getting safer. So, um, yeah. We also need a whole lot more te reo Māori speaking speech therapists and Māori speech therapists. So um, it's really hard to get our Māori, speech, Māori into speech therapy, um, our kura kaupapa kids into speech therapy. So pathways for our kura kaupapa kids into... Um, work like that is really amazing. Um, yeah. Thanks. Natala, did you have anything? Um, I'm Yeah, the same with Liz. I think there needs to be um, easy access to funding so that we can, um, you know, acknowledge the, the contributions of many that put into um, the work that we're doing within our organisation and also... Um, support for our Pacifica dads as well is is very important um and hopefully that will like we have a, a father already that's um taken on paid parental leave instead of his um wahine so he comes to our group or has been to our group twice now so how good would it be to have um that support there for him as well and um yeah it would be awesome just to see that group thrive as well Mm-hmm. Pacifica Papa group. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, for now, just uh, it's left for, to me to thank you all for uh, showing up and um, giving your minds and your hearts to this Cold Popper for the benefit of our Tamariki and our Rangatahi and our Fano. And um, to thank once again our three incredible speakers uh, for your time and your heart, your passion, um, and the mahi that you do. Um, so yeah, namahi nui, um, and we'll close with karakia. Ia tau ki manakitanga, ki runga itina itina utatau, ki pikiti ora, ki pikiti maramatanga, ki hoki pai atu, ki hoki pai mai, tuturu fakamoa ki atina, homie huie tai ki. Kia ora, everyone. Kia pai kura. Hope to see you again soon. Kakite. If you are interested in anything discussed today, please seek out Child Rich Communities at childrichcommunities.org.nz or Inspiring Communities at inspiringcommunities.org.nz for more on locally led change.